0: Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.
1: Hits.
0: Hi Niall. My son is eight and in second class. He is currently going through the autism diagnosis process and his main issue is social communication. He has never really had a friend, he plays alone at school and doesn't seem to know how to join in in games or conversations. It's starting to bother him now, although he doesn't easily open up about it. From what we can gather, he's not particularly popular. He doesn't play football, which seems to be a big thing nowadays. He doesn't like contact sports and wouldn't ever join a game anyway. And other children seem to do a lot of you're not allowed to play with us kind of thing. I fear this casual but constant peer rejection is eating away his already non-existent self-confidence. His teacher has expressed concern that he is left out a lot and they manage uh, what, what they can what they can in the classroom. Obviously, they don't have much control over what goes on in the playground, though. We have tried clubs and scouts, but he doesn't seem to be able to make a connection with anyone. We have tried to talk to him about friendships, how to, to give, take, hold conversations, etc., but he's not very responsive and doesn't seem to follow up on anything And when at school. It's heartbreaking. It's breaking my heart to think of my child having no friends. Has anyone got experience of children who seem to be rejected by their peers, but somehow, even when o- o- uh, uh, when older, overcome this and find even one to two people who are on their level and they can uh, form a healthy friendship with? Now, I'm going to give you personal experience. My son, who's now 25 years of my age, my oldest son, when he was very young, didn't make an awful lot of friends. He had a a great difficulty trusting other people and trusting. Now I'm talking about when he was five or six years of age. He didn't trust other people. Even we'd invite kids around to play ball in the back garden with him and he'd be terrified they were going to lose the ball on him. That's how he was. But now he's 25 and he's wonderful. He's very social. He makes friends all, all over the world in the job that he's in. He's got a very good job and he makes friends all over the world and he works with a lot of people and he's a great team player. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel when your child, it doesn't necessarily mean your child is going to be like that for life. Uh, and I understand the situation is going through the diagnosis, uh, the process of autism. And and again, obviously, that's something that you've only noticed later in his life at eight years of age if they're only going through the process now of diagnoses. So obviously, um, from that point of view, it has been too difficult up to now. But it is heartbreaking to see him not being able to communicate properly and socially with his peers. So I don't know. The answer to that, and, and maybe people can give you some advice. I want to know if you have any advice for this woman. Maybe you have a child who was similar in, or in a similar situation but went on to make good friends. The number is 087 188 0008. That's 087 188 0008. And the question, quite simply, is how can what advice would you give to this woman? Have you got a child who finds it difficult to make friends or found it difficult to make friends when they were younger but they're okay now? how did you get through that and how did you help them to deal with that sort of anxiety of being with their peers uh, the number zero eight seven one double eight 87 188 that's 087-188-0008 I'm still looking at some of the cost factors coming in for IVF hi now we've spent 120,000 over 20 years and we did IVF for years in Ireland and then went abroad oh went overboard sorry uh, uh, okay. Keep texting. Keep WhatsApping. zero eight. How do you help a child to make friends, uh, when they find it very difficult, to, very difficult to socially interact? What do you do when your child lacks the ability to make friends? Uh, do be it through a diagnosis process in relation to autism, or some sort of social issue? But how do you deal with that? Uh, I want to go to Byrony. Is it? Uh, am I pronouncing that?
1: It's Brian. Brian, I'm sorry. Worry. That's my apologies.
0: No, I, I, I read the screen no, completely worry. wrong. I do apologise. You're
1: fine, hun. Um Yeah, it's a tough one, and I totally understand how worried this mum could be, and yes. she just wants to, you know, help her son and let him get on with the normal things that people expect kids to do at age eight and go to parties and be invited and you know be involved yeah. in his own peer group, and it's it's tough. Um, from a mum's point of view and also from the kids' point of view. From personal experience, I've been there, I've been the kid, but I'm also the parent.
0: Okay, so, so you, you were the kids, and you, were, yeah, and you are the parent of, of a five-year-old, I believe. Yeah.
1: My, well, my son is 11 and a half now. He yeah. was diagnosed when he was five. And yeah. um, we were very, very fortunate that his preschool actually recognised the signs and came to me. And I was actually kind of in denial because I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm seeing the symptoms just because, you know. So the, the preschool were brilliant with him. And we were very, very lucky. It's, a lot of parents out there have to fight for years to get a diagnosis and support. And I'm not, you know, we were so lucky and we've had excellent skills from, them. And that makes such a difference. Knowledge and support. That's the two things that are going to help. You know, and, and Bryony,
0: when you when you were younger, um, can you remember that kind of not being able to make oh, friends?
1: Gotcha. Yeah. I was um, absolutely horrific time at school. And why why school. do you think?
0: I mean, because I, I mentioned earlier my own son when he was younger we used to invite people out around to the back garden to try and force Mm. them to make friends with people. Now, he's brilliant now. He's the most social person you'll ever meet now, right? But at the time, we used to invite people and it was like he didn't trust them with his ball. He was afraid they were going to kick it over the wall and he'd start crying, you know, when you'd bring the kids around and it was just that he just couldn't interact with their children. I don't know what it was.
1: I think it's just, obviously, the vast majority of kids just naturally understand how social cues work and it's kind of an innate, ability like they learned how to walk you know and they just follow this progress for kids with autism especially or other conditions that maybe help you know mean that they struggle socially like a higher level of anxiety make that your son was more anxious about, you know, things when he was small, and it took him more time, and he just needed that extra bit of help and more time to be able to learn these skills.
0: And I know, they I know, a lot of young people can have sort of the traits of Aspergers, for example. Absolutely, I'm an Aspergers they prefer their own company sometimes. Well, it's they find it yeah. difficult to socially interact with other people.
1: Yeah, it's that. Also, a lot of them very common to have other conditions. Alongside, so I have so, um, sensory processing disorder. So a lot of inputs make me very tired do you know and I now work in retail so I'm obviously a very social person really <laughs> yeah. you know So how um, does that so I mean
0: how how are you now as an adult does that still manifest itself now as an it adult
1: can. Yeah yeah no it can and I can go into a, like a, a party situation where I don't know people and I'm all anxious going what are they thinking about me and it's a lot I know now a lot of it's in my head they really aren't it's thinking like paranoia, about me yeah, yeah yeah and it is a level of that and it's all about I want to make a good impression am I saying the right thing and then I say something and I'm going oh shut up Bernie stop talking there yeah. do you know you're overdoing it you're trying too hard and this is going through your head it's exhausting it's hard work and I've been practicing this for 45 years so imagine how an eight-year-old is feeling this is just overwhelming don't know what to do I don't understand the rules I don't know what they mean they're laughing are they laughing at me did I do something stupid do you know all of this is going around their poor little heads and they just don't Understand the rules. Okay, so and what what advice
0: would you give to this woman? Her, her child is eight, second class. Yeah. Now she says, and I'm trying to read between the lines here. He's currently going through the autism diagnosis process. Yeah. So from that point of view, it's something that she's recognised in the last few years. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm detecting that it's not not too serious, but it is causing him social anxiety and yeah, it is yeah, causing problems.
1: She, and and kids with sort of what people call high functioning autism, which Kind of a travel term in some ways, yeah. Because you still struggle for the rest, of it. and it's something you have for life. It's not oh, something that goes yeah. away. It's more that you learn to cope with, yeah. And you learn how to manage it. And society is becoming more accepting and supportive. But you know, but, it's a slow but process. Brian either
0: you know, there. I, I I think we need to relook at how we look at people now because Absolutely. because none of us are. There's no such thing as normal. You know, no, I mean, we're no, all no, different. Average. Yeah. <laughs> we're all I mean, we're all different. We all learn differently and we should be embracing yeah. all our I yeah. mean, I know kids, for example, who are not academic because they're put down as having special needs, but they're the most yeah. amazing dancers or the most creative yeah. people ever, or whatever it yeah. happens to be. Do you understand? We all have something we can do.
1: Yeah, perfect example. So autism runs in my family. I have an uncle who has three, five kids. Three of them have autism to some different degrees and different difficulties. And my mother happens to have autism, same as she cannot do maths. So it also can happen where they will also have dyspraxia, dyslexia or dyscalculia. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have heard of dyslexia. Obviously, that's the most common. But dyscalculia just means they can't do maths. My mother failed her O-levels nine times before she gave up. Do you know, but she's a self-taught artist who could pick a colour out and tell you what colour that was a 100 yards and draw a straight line blindfolded. Do you know, she's an amazingly mm-hmm. talented That's person. That's what I'm saying,
0: what you don't have in one so, area, you may yeah. have more overcompensating in another area. Exactly. So, so getting back to this child, I suppose it's it's trying to get him into groups. Now she, had, she did mention that she tried yeah. to get him into the scouts and the clubs or the cubs or I think all different things, but it didn't you, work
1: got to remember, it can't be too something that's too overwhelming. So smaller groups are better. So smaller groups, not like this going into a hall of 40 kids all running around screaming. It, you know, that's huge, overwhelming, sensory, and oh my god, what do I do? Smaller groups, build it up gently and gradually. Find something he's actually interested in. Don't force him into sports if he's not into sports. Do you know, my son hates football. He won't go with the football boys at school. But his school will do a thing called Code Club. He loves that. And he's delighted at coming back this September after two years of no Code Club because of COVID. He's like, absolutely want to do that. Put my name down ASAP. There's also a thing called Code Dojo if they're into coding and computers and find a group that's smaller. Do gardening clubs, chess clubs, maths clubs, all sorts of things, art classes, music classes. Just find smaller more one-on-one maybe with three kids the school could do if they have the resources my son's school do this where they bring them into smaller groups four or five boys who need the support socially and they role play with them and they do small group sessions Mm -hmm. to help them learn the rules and social cues and they do role playing of different scenarios well if you were in the playground and this happened what should you react to and what should you say They also watch him in the playground. They support him in the playground. Then he would actually, when they were lining up to come in, he would lash out if someone annoyed him. Because he's after getting and, and and some stuff. some
0: people put that down to being rude or not having empathy, but it's not. It's just that sometimes kids, you know, with d- depending on I suppose their diagnoses, they don't get the social cues, and and they can say things that can be seem to be yeah. insulting because they don't exactly. understand it. You know what I mean? And I, and I do get. Well, stay there for a second, Brian, if you can. I want to go to Emer as well. Emer you're an Ireland's classic kids. How you do Eimear? Hi, how are
2: you?
0: Now you have a thirteen year old that was diagnosed I have, two yeah, years ago. Yeah.
2: He he was diagnosed when he was eleven. He was diagnosed with um, dyspraxia first. Okay. And the OT kind of suggested to us that he may have autism. No, the school said it as well. But you know, you, you hope not. Yeah. But they this, his school were very his primary school were very supportive of him. Mm-hmm. They tried to get the other kids to play with him, but it didn't seem to bother him. Yeah. That he wasn't playing with them.
0: Okay. And was it was kind Calais- of preferred his own company? Or anything was it?
2: He, he preferred his own company. It, it yeah. seemed to upset the teachers more than him.
0: I, and I know my son was the same. He preferred his own company. But as a parent, you still think it's best, and it probably is best, for them to interact with their peers and interact with other kids because we believe socially that will do them the world of good.
2: I do, yeah. But um, it would, it would be like he was invited maybe to one or two birthdays where he wasn't included, and that was more upsetting for him. Okay. But what the school did was they had a robotics club and he would be very into that, the coding, the mathematics, all that. Yeah. And he was brought into these things. And in his secondary school, they set everything up for him before he went into school. Okay. Brought him into the school when they weren't bringing people in to show him around the school. Um, got him into the school. That was the very accommodating anyway.
0: of them, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: They were yeah. brilliant.
0: Yeah. Some fantastic. schools are really good. Uh, other schools, unfortunately, fail miserably in dealing with situations like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, you know? they, this, they were absolutely fantastic. But when he got into secondary school, I found they kind of find their own level. Mm-hmm. They find their one or two friends. It's easier than in primary school, because in primary school, as I said, if you're not into the football or whatever, but not, like, there's a bigger range of people in secondary school. Mm-hmm. It is an easier place for them I think
0: Yeah I mean uh, Briony I suppose you will find that as time goes on obviously because your son at the moment yeah. is a bit young but you will find that I think it is easier as they get a little bit older Briany, because you can explain it to them a little bit better can't you
1: Yeah it is and I mean I've, I've always been honest with my son right from the word go what his diagnosis means that his brain just works differently And it's no different to having different coloured eyes or hair or having to wear glasses or Mm, being able to ride a horse or not being able to ride a horse or, you know, everybody is different and has different skills. And he has some amazing skills and he's funny, he's bright, he's articulate,
0: he's a good reader, he's good at maths. So... You know and, and those, I'm sure you explained that you know Mammy has it as well, so and yeah, look at me, i'm fine it, yeah,
1: yeah. And it, it does help, and he yeah. knows I still struggle with things and I still get home and I'm tired and I get cranky, and i you know, and he understands that it's something you're going to have look, this is you, do you know your brain you know you need to recognize when you're tired and when you're struggling with something and step back out of the situation, and that's the hardest thing for him at the moment is not getting into that situation, and the school is absolutely amazing they they put into place bring him in from the yard a bit earlier so he can read for five minutes and calm himself down after the hype of the playground and then he's fit for work again
0: they- and, and then, by the way that's the point that Emer is making too and I think in all of these situations you're right the parents can do so much but they all go to school every child goes to school the school and how Cooperative they are is essential. Both of you stay there. I want to go to Anne very quickly as well before the break. Anne, you're an Ireland's classic. How are you doing, Anne?
3: Hi, Niall. How are you?
0: Good. And what advice would you would you give to this this mother who's obviously desperately trying to get her eight year old to make <sighs> friends?
3: I have a seven-year-old kind of in the same situation. Um, Like, if I could give advice to anyone at all at all, I would just give advice to parents listening. And I would just say, like, if you've got the quiet... I, I wish I had more advice for her, but I'm kind of in the same boat. I'd like to talk to, like, any of the mothers and fathers listening, or the aunts and uncles, if you see a quiet child in the class, do your best to get your child to mingle with them, you know, to yeah. reach out, to play with the quiet kid in the yard, to invite this slightly annoying child to the birthday party. Don't, you know, endorse your Don't kids isolate them. people yes. out. Yeah. Don't isolate them. I think it's about the parents understanding like that there are loads of different, you know, um, neurodiv- neurodiverse kids in the class. And really, like, you know, you might roll your eyes at the boy who's over, jumping over the fence 20 times or whatever, like, oh, we're not bringing him to the party. But, like, you could actually help, you know, save a child's life in 20 years' time for not being isolated their whole Yeah, so he's the, he's the one you really life.
0: want to bring to the party.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I'm just saying, like, that just yeah. it's just about the parents, you know, just not letting their kids isolate people if they can.
0: Yeah. You know, and I'm I remember I, I said that to recently to, to my partner's daughter when she started in secondary school and they were making friends first, And I did say to her, I said, you know what you should do? I said, I was talking to her in the car one day. I said, look for the quietest child in the class and the one that doesn't really have any friends. I said, and just go over and say hello to them.
3: I do that. I even do that with my kids. I've one yeah. a, a, a autistic son and one kind of neurotypical son and, you know, I would always say, like, you know, if you ever see anyone sitting on their own in the yard, like, will you go over and say hello? And he's like, why do you want me to say hello? I said because you might make that person stay. And that person, that little kid might go home and smile and say, hey, guess what? Like, I made a friend today.
0: So, so your advice today, which is probably the best piece of advice that I've heard. By the way, I'm not dismissing Emer and Bryony. But yeah. your advice is not just to the parents, like yourself, like Emer or like yeah. or, or like Bryony. It's for the other parents. Give them, the, a them a chance. Give them a chance. You're saving a child's
3: mental health in yeah. ten, fifteen years' time from always being on their own and always having to fight for friends. Just help your child understand that there's a, a, a rainbow of children out there. You know, even the yeah. soccer kids—they're all going to suffer from mental. Not all of them, you know yeah. what I mean? I
0: know what you mean. And yeah. just
3: help them to kind of help other kids. I think it's the best lesson you can teach your child. Really.
0: OK, well, listen, I've run out of time. Anne, uh, Brian, and and uh, thank you very much indeed, Emer as well. I appreciate you all coming on the air today. Some great advice, by the way, particularly there at the end, that it's not just about the, the parent of the child, um, you know, who has the problem. It's about everybody else around them. So, you know, even if your child is great socially and they get make great friends, you should call your child aside and say, listen, is there anyone in your class that's really quiet or sits on their own in the yard? You know, tomorrow, why don't you just go over and sit beside them and ask them how they are? and ask them do they want to be friends because they might just be afraid to make friends. And that's a really good thing to say to your child. And it's a really good thing for your child to do as well because that's the child that really needs the help. The other loud children that they're hanging around with and all the ones that get on great with, they don't really need their help. They can be friends all of the time, any time. But that little child on their own that might have the problem, uh, they need their help. And you might make a huge difference to that child's life. Absolutely. And there is hope. There's always hope that things get better. They do get better sometimes. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show.